and he started explaining low carb and he put me onto low carb down under. And that was really the pivotal moment. So I started making these changes, but it was so challenging because I was so heavily sugar addicted. So I started researching how to make cheesecake, but keto friendly. And, you know, at this point, I'm like, oh my gosh, this fat, I can't, I can't. I can't eat this much fat. I'm going to die a fat clogged death because, you know, fat kills you, right? So, yeah, at this point I'm just trying to find substitutes and actually that has been the core of what I do and what I teach is, okay, how the heck do you get off sugar? Hi guys and welcome to another episode of the Meat Medic Podcast. Now today I'm joined by my very special guest Emma Martin, otherwise known as the Lazy Keto Mum. And uh, Emma is joining us today to give us her story, her background. So uh, thank you, Emma, for joining us. You're welcome. I'm excited. It's really great to be here. Thank you. I think the more we can spread this and share with other people, the better. Absolutely. Now, Emma, you are a qualified uh, coach and nutritionist. I've got to read my blurb here. Uh, educator and trainer specializing in health, wellness, and real food space. So definitely suitable for our channel today. Uh, you mentor people and you speak at uh, transformational tips with mindset, fat loss, eating more, moving more, uh, self-sabotage, and lots of other educational topics as well that you cover. Um, you've been featured in places like Quit Sugar Summit and The Keto Life, plus other numerous workshops and events, including your very own Keto Retreat, which I was very grateful to have the opportunity to attend this year, which was amazing, and I learned a lot. Yeah, I think when we surround ourselves by people who are on the same journey, you, you might have heard something before, but then we go, oh, wow, yes. So, yeah, it's just, it's always better just to be surrounded by the tribe, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe if you can give our listeners and viewers uh, a little bit of background about yourself, tell us, tell us your story. Well, it's my five-year ketoversary, uh, just, just past actually, mid-August 2018. Wow. Um I was struggling. Well, actually, that's when I found keto. But before that, uh, I was pre-diabetic. Uh, I just didn't actually know really what that meant. And I think a lot of your listeners will probably be in a similar boat. I was struggling with cravings. Uh, I was a really moody bitch. Um, I had no. I was. I had road rage. Um, and looking back, I just kind of thought all that was normal you know and you i i think you mentioned this when we recorded the podcast the other day you and i about just thinking that you were destined to kind of you know that was your lot in life and i'd started wearing stretchy pants you know oh my god i'm like my grandma um both of them actually were wearing stretchy pants i just didn't understand why i was struggling and um you know it was it was nothing for me to devour a loaf of white bread um slathered with butter and vegemite and you know i i couldn't i didn't have the control to stop at one or two slices i was just always hungry always chasing so um i bumped into a doctor i didn't really bump into him i went to see him because i was struggling and my other doctor was on leave and this doctor i'm like i just don't understand why well, I'm struggling, he goes, all right, well, let's do some blood tests, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, he explained to me, uh, Dr. Kim Wilkie, his name was, and he's retired now. He uh, was about 10 kilometres north of me in Brisbane. And he started explaining low-carb, and he put me onto low-carb down under. And that was really the pivotal moment. So I started making these changes, but it was so challenging because I was so heavily sugar-addicted. So I started researching how to make cheesecake, but keto friendly. Mm. And you know, at this point, I'm like, oh my gosh, this fat! I can't, I can't, I can't eat this much fat. I'm going to die a fat clogged death because you know, fat kills you, of course, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, at this point, I'm just trying to find substitutes, and actually, that has been the core of what I do and what I teach is 
okay, how the heck do you get off sugar? Mm. How the heck do you still have the stuff that you love and make sure you're not spiking your blood sugar? And I think one of the pivotal moments was going, oh, wow, it's about insulin and it's about blood sugar. And when I understood that every time I spiked my blood sugar by the stuff I was eating, my pancreas released insulin and I was in fat storage mode. And I went, okay, I can do that. <laughs> so, yeah, um, the first few days I don't think were very pleasant. I think I must have banged my head on the car door three times in, in one day. Uh, that was fun. But, yeah, it, I just got really, um, really positive about sharing because like you i just went oh my god is this how i'm supposed to feel mm. i don't remember feeling this way in my whole adult life and you know i think you used the word superhuman yeah. and i i know exactly what you meant because I, I i remember ringing my partner at the time going i feel like i could run a marathon and i don't run <laughs> I, I, I hate exercise oh, unless it's like rollerblading or bushwalking yeah it's called exercise you don't call it exercise i'm all right what about yeah, you no I'm, I'm not i mean i like working out but i i hate hate cardio hate it with a passion always hated it um working out i can i, I like but yeah weights I'm, I'm good with but yeah exercise otherwise hate it i think when it's not called exercise <laughs> it's it's easier to handle but i think you know understanding that you eat less and move more which is so so wrong and so flawed and i'd been to weight watchers back and forth i don't know so my daughter was six months mm. old and i joined so she's 19. she just comes home to forage and use the internet these yeah, days sounds about right it's about right. Oh, and sleep. <laughs> so yeah, I remember wheeling her in a pram to try and stick her in the, you know, so she wouldn't move around through this Weight Watchers meeting. And I, that was the very first time you they wouldn't let you join before your baby was six months old because you know obviously feeding babies and all of that sort of stuff. And I remember going to this Weight Watchers meeting and just going, you know, they weigh you and it's just the whole shame stuff. And I felt mm. like such, yeah. I'm sure you guys listening can relate to that, and I know you definitely can, Suresh. It's when you don't know, and you you know you you weighing everything and you're measuring everything, and it's exhausting. Mm. I, I, I liked Weight Watchers because I could have a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but inevitably I'd end up cheating myself because you're counting points, right? Yeah. So I, I'd end up just you know cheating or misweighing. <laughs> De decimal points decimal points <laughs> yeah yeah and then i i didn't understand what nutrition meant. yeah but yeah it was it was decimal points and you know I, i'd put in one square of chocolate when i'd eaten half uh, half of a block you know i don't know who i thought i was helping mm. but i just didn't have that willpower so yeah i'd been on and off weight watchers for ever and then when i started watching the low carb down under um youtube channel i was like oh wait okay and i found jason phone mm. and i found um eric berg and then i started um just i started making all the little changes so yeah I'm a, oh, <laughs> and keto cheesecake yeah i mean I, this is something that i know uh dr lucy burns i think spoke about at the low carb road show uh that, that they put on with with mary uh, barson um and uh, the shame around you know kind of weight watchers and diet culture uh she did a talk on that which was an, an excellent talk um that is something that we certainly do do here so so your kind of foray your journey into keto really came to try and just get a bit more control over your sugar sounds like yeah i was just getting fatter and fatter right. and, and grumpier and grumpier and and i i don't think i realized you know we've been told to eat my whole diet, like there was pasta and rice and I was following the food pyramid and I just didn't understand that they turned to sugar in our bodies. Like I don't think that had ever been explained. And I remember going to a doctor, oh, gosh, wow, 20 years ago before Hannah was born going, I'm struggling with my weight. I just don't know what to do. And she's like, oh, it's what you put in your mouth, dear. But sure, it was, but she couldn't clarify that. And 
I think one of the most exciting things coming forward now is seeing doctors actually understand what it what it is and watching that groundswell of uh change and you, you guys pushing not pushing you guys moving that groundswell because everybody listens to their doctor you guys are educated and you are i know but that's the thing where we believe our doctor is going to be able to help mm. us but i genuinely don't know that some doctors even understand that so that's what makes me so excited for this journey for humanity you know yeah. I'm, I'm just so passionate about saying to people it's not your fault what you were told to eat is actually setting you up for failure so i think um you know i, I was snacking on what i thought was great but it turns out you know that donuts might not have been maybe not the best just no nutritionally so yeah i i just um i made substitutes for all the things that i liked and slowly uh switched over so you know from rice we started to use cauliflower rice and i started having cream in my coffee mm. instead of milk whoa yeah, it's a different taste isn't it absolutely it's so satisfying and then all of a sudden i found i wasn't hungry anymore mm. like oh what's this and i wasn't eating until you know 12 o'clock and i'm like Oh, I'd never been able to do that before. I've always been, you know, hungry, hangry, mm. looking for the next meal. And and I think one of the freeing things was not being a food slave. Yeah. And I'm sure you can relate to oh, that. Oh, absolutely, 100%. It's very, very freeing not having to worry about, you know, uh, when you're next eating and what are you eating and, Oh, you know, I've got to finish now. I've got to get a, go rush home, go to the shops. Do I go to shops before I go home? You know, all this kind of stuff. You're just constantly thinking about your next meal. It's very freeing when you don't have to anymore, for sure. Um, you mentioned there that, uh, you know, you kind of Weight Watchers and that diet kind of culture, it was all about, you know, counting. It was points in Weight Watchers. How did you find then going into keto? Because one complaint we do hear about keto, one of the ways I struggled with keto was the counting was the macros and and the counting the sugar and, and that side of things how did you find that i have probably tracked so i've been on this journey for five years um and i fall off every now and again but i, I just i'm not that food slave anymore but i've certainly fallen off i haven't really tracked i i, I tracked for maybe two days of my <laughs> Yes. You know, I, I think just because I was eating a lot of fat and protein, I just wasn't really hungry and I knew I needed to switch out carbs. I knew I needed to get rid of sugar and I knew that um, sugar came under many, many names. And, and somebody um, in the very beginning, they told me, okay, five ingredients or less above the ground veg and I just followed that. Mm. So now... I just teach pick a protein, add a healthy fat above the ground veg. And um, that sort of has migrated to me, uh, migrated to now where I don't even really eat the little bit of veg. Like tonight I had beautiful pan-fried salmon. I cooked that in butter and olive oil, some beautiful quality salt. And then in my other pan I just I shredded some cabbage and um, what else did I have? I've got some zucchinis in my garden. But I could have easily just eaten six slabs of salmon. Mm. So, yeah, I haven't really tracked. Um, and, you know, I've lost, I don't know, five jean sizes. I was wearing an 18 jean wow. stretchy pants and I now wear an 11. Wow. So that's been, I don't know, a size a year, I suppose. And if I maybe if I'd tracked, I would have been there faster. But at the end of the day, this is now about my health, not about the weight. Yeah. Do you think though it could have it could have derailed your progress had you actually spent that time and effort counting? Yep. I absolutely do because I found if if I want to do a longer fast, if I think, right, I'm gonna do a fast, all of a sudden I'm flipping hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just if I don't think about it, I'm like, oh, you know what, I don't need to eat yet. No, I don't need to eat yet. No, I don't need to eat yet. And next minute's I've you know, had a 24-hour fast. So, yeah, I absolutely think it would. But some people, I think, maybe do need to track. Mm. I just think that 
you know, our ancestors didn't track. They went and got a beast. They ate as much as they flipping could of this beast. The rest they turned into bone broth or, you know, casseroles and cooked it on their fire or whatever. And they ate until that maybe they preserved some. Mm. They ate until that beast was gone. Yeah. They didn't track anything. So, look, I think tracking maybe is useful when you get to a point where your body's like, nah, I'm hanging on. But then, you know, you've got all the stress stuff and the gratitude stuff and, you know, the actual getting out and walking in the sunshine stuff mm. too. So I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, certainly I struggled a lot with with keto, with the tracking, uh, with the macros. And I mean, I, I was always the loophole guy. You know, I've spoken about this on my channel before. Like it was like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I can have 40 grams of carbs or I can have 50 grams of carbs or, you know, some people can do keto and do 70 grams. So, well, if some people can do it, I can do it, you know. So then I'd eat 70 grams. And so for me, the counting was always really hard because I would – be that person that's like, yeah, like I've only had 30 today or I can have going 20. I'd be like, hey, 20 grams of sugar. There you go, because I can, I'm allowed, um, yeah. which doesn't really kind of work. So I, I always struggled <laughs> with the counting, but um, a lot of people do do have issues with that. Um, but yeah, that's why I find carnivore, carnivore really freeing. So I know you're, you're kind of venturing in almost towards that on yourself now. Yeah, some days I just eat pork belly. <laughs> oh, it's literally like some days I just cook a steak in butter and olive oil and actually it's so satisfying and so tasty. Uh, I broke my knee. Um, I fell down the stairs at the performing arts complex. I don't know why, why I'm laughing. It wasn't very funny. I actually went down two oh, flights gosh. of stairs. And I remember hearing myself going, ooh, ooh, uh, ooh, ah, uh. <laughs> got to the bottom. I, my eyes were closed and I, I opened my eyes and there's all these people around me going, are you okay? I'm like, actually, I don't know. Now I'm like, oh, my knee actually hurts a bit. So, yeah, I broke mm. my knee. I broke I like to call it my Nutella. So it's <laughs> the Nutella. So yeah, I fractured that. And I um I actually went full carnivore for about probably three weeks after yeah, okay. that. And my gosh, it healed fast. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I don't think I've ever healed so fast from anything. Isn't that great? So yeah. So I was I, I was on like just a crutch for a little bit, but I sort of I think moving when you've got something like that going on is probably useful as well. But and I, I mean, you would know more than me, probably the lack of inflammation um, from when you're just eating meat and cream in your coffee, I mm. guess. So. Yeah, I mean, lack of inflammation, but also all those extra proteins, you know, the fat, the cholesterol, all these things like cholesterol, they're so, they're so important even for healing. Um, I was here listening to a podcast actually this morning. I know it's on the way back uh, from work, Dr. Paul Saladino's podcast, and he was talking mm -hmm. about... Um, you know cholesterol and he made a good point and i've said this before to my patients as well uh, you know look at patients with diabetes they get the tiniest cut on their on their foot and you end up having to amputate their leg you know oh, that's an extreme example of course but yeah. um and that's not necessarily infection it's just they just don't heal very well um and inflammation you know metabolic health is such an important factor when it comes to to healing so is that why you went carnivore to just try and heal quicker or was it just happy coincidence? Yeah. Well, it was a bit of both. I had heard, I, th I think I heard you speak actually at the Brisbane Low Carb Road Show. Mm -hmm. And I'd also heard the, um, who's the uh, Plants Q, Anthony Chaffee. Yes, Chaffee, yeah. Chaffee. I had heard him, him speak at Low Carb Down Under and I'd started listening to, uh, some podcasts and things like that. And I was like, okay, well, I know going carnivore means that I'm going to heal really fast. And actually, like, I cut my finger this morning. I sliced my finger on something I was washing up. It's literally stuck itself back together, like, in a day. It's ridiculous mm. how quick it can heal. So, yeah, I actually did, you know, when I broke my knee, I was like, okay, when I eat cauliflower or something like that if i eat it raw it doesn't agree with me and sometimes macadamias and things like that are the same so i'm like okay well there's a key there so it, i suppose it was the next step in my journey and so the only reason actually i'm eating zucchini at the moment is because they're growing in my garden mm. um other than that i'd be quite happy with you know a big slab of salmon and 
um, I haven't actually purposely gone carnivore except for when I did my knee and and I just feel so much better when I'm not eating huge amounts of greenery yeah isn't that funny though I mean we're so indoctrinated we're so uh you know kind of pushed to to eat vegetables to eat plants that that this is really good uh and yet actually when we don't people often find improvements absolutely like I, when i eat spinach i don't know if you get the same but it's sort of chalky on my teeth yeah, don't like it <laughs> like it, it, it yeah my body just goes no no we don't like yeah. that and i'm a little bit the same with mushrooms and i just one thing keto has given me and lazy keto mum came from the okay you don't need to be strict for this that's where the title came from because you know like you were saying if there's a loophole i'll find it um i think when we go hell for leather on a diet it's so easy to fall off whereas if you let yourself have a little bit of a stretch and a little bit of a slip but you you know how to deal with that and you know how to get back on i think that's where the sustainability comes in so i've learned to listen to my body over the last five years and i remember the weight watcher lady well, I've had many teachers in Weight Watchers because I've been back and forth for you know hundreds of times, never quite getting successful. Um, and I remember her saying, "Just listen to your hunger signals." I'm like, I, I, I don't even know what that mm -hmm. means. I actually, I can't tell when I'm full. And learning about leptin and, and insulin, how they all work together, and it's like, oh, all right. So for the first time in my life, I actually have those hunger cues and I have the those um like that cauliflower if I eat a floret raw and I'm going okay I don't feel good mm. I don't know about you but I've never been able to experience that yeah no yeah I mean hunger signals I mean it doesn't help that these are hijacked you know by companies um i'll never you know forget it whenever people look at me like really and like I always mention this um the old the old pringles advert you know once you pop you can't stop quite True. quite literally proud of the fact that they were trying to get people addicted i mean it literally is on the advert you know we want you to be they're so addictive that you can't stop and this was seen as a as a good thing somehow it's absolutely crazy um how so let's talk a little bit more about uh the keto and these these keto cheesecakes because i know you do like online classes you do online cooking lessons <laughs> like how how does that all work and how did you kind of get into doing all of that well, firstly, it was just finding substitutes. Um, and I, I just plugged my favorite recipes into Google and I'd put in keto cheesecake or keto donuts. I've had a lot of fails and it was quite expensive actually. So when I, um, I sort of perfected a lot of the recipes, I borrowed a bit from here and a bit from there and some of the stuff my grandma had taught me and I actually started making TikToks. And as I was making all these TikToks, I'm like, people started coming and going, can we make, can you make this? Can you make this? And I'm like, probably. So uh, I, I started to put all these recipes together. And at this, at this time, uh, COVID started, it broke out. And I was a bra fitter. I'm like, we couldn't get close to people. I'm like, gosh, what am I actually mm. going to do? I'm like, for it. I'm going to write a book. So I wrote my book, um, Confessions of a Cheesecake Lover Through COVID, and there's a ton of recipes in the back and they're all stupid simple. And so people, they were buying the book, they were doing the recipes, and they're like, oh, that's how I make jam, keto jam without the blood sugar spike. It's come under a little bit of fire, I suppose, because you've got the keto purists that go, oh, no, no, you've got to be clean. Blah, blah. But Suresh, if I hadn't, had the replacements i wouldn't be here today right you're talking like sweeteners and monk fruit stuff like that yeah yeah, yeah. i really like the monk fruit and i use a liquid um stevia in say my coffee and i don't really eat much sweet stuff anymore I, I i've wanted it less and less but the very fact that they were in my fridge meant that i wasn't becoming obsessed because i couldn't have them mm. so i don't know about you but the minute i can't have something i want it I don't know what it is with that. Mm. It's like if I just become obsessed by it. So it's like fasting. If I'm far, if I'm fasting, I can't you just do want it. food. Yeah, but if I'm, I think exactly. it's human nature. It's, it's just the forbidden fruit, isn't it? You know, we all we all want what we can't have. 
Uh, I think that's a good point, though, and I do want to maybe just expand on that a little bit. So, you know, sweeteners, it is something that comes under fire a little bit. And I know we spoke a little bit after we recorded the podcast uh, for your your podcast last week, uh, which you were gracious enough to invite me on to. Uh, we spoke a little bit about sweeteners there as well off the record. But this is something that people do get concerned around, you know, the quality of sweeteners and are they really just, are they really that good for you? Are they really bad for you? I know I've done a video about erythritol uh, as well on my channel. I think that what we, what we have to remember is context is king. And that's, I think, what you're yeah. saying there really, yeah. isn't it? I absolutely agree. And I think, you know, if you're going to eat fat bombs, just you're going to exclusively eat fat bombs, you're probably not going to get to your goals because of the sweetener, because of the amount of fat and whatever. I I think if if you're making keto treats or you're making, using keto sweetener, you're right, it's all about the amount and how much, of each thing you're having. So for example, if I'm making say a keto cheesecake, I, I probably would eat maybe a square inch by inch, that like an inch by an inch. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense, but like it, it, I'm not eating huge amounts. Uh, you know, I'm not eating a half a cheesecake every day. And I understand why some people might struggle with, I want <laughs> the word portion control doesn't even enter my vocabulary now, but I think, you understand and your listeners understand what i'm trying to say if you're going to eat just keto cheesecake you're going to have issues mm. um, not to mention erythritol and maybe what it's doing to the gut etc however i think if you're going to use sweeteners choose them wisely so you choose one that doesn't spike your blood sugar and if you're going to like i tested them I tested my blood sugar. I was checking, I was checking my ketone levels. So I had a blood sugar monitor. I've worn a blood glucose monitor, a continuous one on and off over the last five years. You probably have yeah. too. They're, they're terrifically useful. And I found that different things spiked me a little bit. But as long as I had plenty of protein and plenty of healthy fat in that, a little bit went a very long way. So I and and bit by bit my tastes changed. So I'm I'm now I mean I had some uh, macadamia butter the other day, and I put it in my mouth. I'm like, my gosh, that is so sweet. Yeah. So now I I'm at a point where I'd probably use that as a sweetener. Mm. So I think there are useful replacements. Yeah. And I just think that sometimes. The keto police are a little bit brutal. <laughs> I think they can be. Uh, I mean, what is it? Uh, Voltaire said, uh, you know, uh, perfection is the enemy of good. I think that's the phrase. Um, I think that is true. I mean, uh, context really is king. And I see people, they come in and like, yeah, like I really want to do carnivore, but you know, I just, I just don't know if I can just eat ribeye steaks for the rest of my life, every single meal. And I'm like, dude, you don't have to. You could eat mince for 30 you days. You could eat mince for 30 days and go absolutely stir crazy like I have. Um, you know, like you don't <laughs> you don't need to uh, uh, go kind of so regimented. You don't need absolute perfection. Um, so yeah. I, I think sweetness have you a know, role, yeah. The other thing too is that my daughter, uh, so I was making these cookie dough balls and so they're almond flour, almond meal, they are a little bit of sweetener, they're dark chocolate, so 90% lint and I would just chop that up uh, and butter. And my daughter, I would make a double batch of those. I'd put half in the freezer and, you know, they're, they're like a cookie dough ball size. Mm. You didn't even have to cook them. We literally, she would eat it with a spoon out of the fridge. And so for somebody who isn't strict keto like my daughter, wow, you know, for it to impact her life, and uh, her face cleared up as as she got off, you know, sugar. Um, her face cleared up, her hormones cleared up. You know, I'm 51 or something. She's, you know, 18, 19. You can imagine we were clashing. At that point, I'm late 40s. She's um, 14 and we were met both hormonal. So for her to have that treat and she'd come home and she'd grab a couple of cookie dough balls and because of the filling nature of them you know almond meal butter dark chocolate she's now got this gazam of everything that's kind of good for her in one foul swoop mm. so yes i am an advocate of having them there especially when you've got a family yeah 
Now, like you said, con you know, Cole, like I said, context is king, really. And we see this with things like cheat meals. Uh, what's your take on cheat meals for, for keto, low-carb, carnivore? I don't love the idea of cheating. I think you can rephrase that and call it having a slightly looser kind of day. Like if I'm going, let's say we go down the pub, um, and rather than having just a steak or something like that, I, I and I'll always eat my steak first or my salmon first. I'd have a couple of chips. I, don't, I know they're not very good for me, but I'll make sure I've eaten the steak. And then you know, there's maybe an aioli or a um, a mayonnaise. Now I know damn well that they're made with canola oil and probably have a bit of sugar. But if I'm eating my protein first, I know I'm going to negate somewhat the effects of crap stuff that I'm putting in my face. And then if I am having, say, a cheat day, I mean, I had nachos about two weeks ago and, boy, did I, I felt it. I was back to my moody, crabby self. Um, well, that's not me anymore, but, you know, back then I was, I was, I was foggy. I couldn't think clearly. And so I'm, the next day I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to struggle. So lots of salt, lots of water lots of protein and they're the days I'll go carnivore if I've kind of had a inverted commas cheat day. I prefer to think of it like, you know what, I've just made a different choice and tomorrow I'm back on. I also think it's a terribly slippery slope because then you're kicking in the sugar cravings and, you know, away you go again and then all of a sudden, you know, what what's sustainable lifestyle? So that, that's my take on that. I also think if you're at a friend's place and, you know, they're making lasagna, <laughs> eat the meat when first and then see what the pasta. Yeah, well, sorry. So when, when in Rome, you know, just, yeah. No, yeah. I, I think I would agree. I don't, I don't think, you know, I, I think the idea of a cheat day, it has a very negative connotation as well. It's yeah. very negative psychology. Um, just call it a relaxed, relaxed day. And I, yeah. I think that's perfectly fine. Um, do you think keto gave you that kind of intuitive eating or is that something you learned more from the carnivore side of things? A bit of both, actually. The, the less crap I ate, the more intuitive I got. And now I'm so metabolically flexible that I'm literally in and out of, uh, say, ketosis or I can tell, right? You can too. When your brain's clear, you're like, okay, I'm functioning like a human's supposed to. This is how I catch my next prey. This is I'm sharp, I'm focused, I'm fast, <laughs> you know, as opposed to if I'm maybe, you know, eating a bit of rice or a bit of naan or something like that and I'm like, okay, if I was an ancestor, I'm going to be starving in the cave because mm. I'm going to be able to catch the beastie. So, yeah, I think it's something that it's been built up over five years. And carnivore definitely has sharpened my senses and sharpened my intuition yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. It's just got the more, further and further and the cleaner and cleaner I've gone with my food, the, the more and more sustainable that is and the more I can actually hear my body going, no, that doesn't serve yeah. me. Yeah, and I think that's the, that's where we want to be at, really, because nobody wants to be counting points or calories or macros, whatever it is, you know, the rest of their life. They want to just be able to open the fridge and say, yeah, what do I want to eat today? There you go. Yeah. Job done. Yeah. Um, can we talk a little bit about um, the keto retreat and these conferences yeah. that you're putting on? Because I know you are very, very passionate about that. But it's a it's a big undertaking, and we've we've spoke privately on that. Um, why why go to the effort? Because I'm a dunderhead. No, because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was a good idea. Um, no, uh, look, it, it's been about a month now, and I've to be fair, the stress actually knocked me on my ass. Can I say that? Here? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was incredibly stressful. I don't think I'd realised quite what, how much I'd bitten off. Um, so, you know, we had 13 speakers. We had six or five or six simultaneously running cooking classes. The food bill for that weekend was three grand plus. So, you know, that gives you an idea of the amount of, you know, shopping and preparation. However, I just feel like people need to know about this. And the groundswell is... The, the tide is coming, it's turning. And when 
you bring together a group of passionate individuals who have the science like you and, um, you know, Dr. Lucy and Dr. Mary, I spoke at their low carb roadshow, you know, Adelaide, Brisbane, um, Cairns, and you meet all these people like yourself. And that's, you know, where we've connected. You you meet these people who make you feel like you're not so alone Mm -hmm. and you meet your tribe. And so the retreat is about connecting the people who need it with the people who can provide that information and now that we can all get together and learn it it, those events are tribal and so what i mean by that is you get to be with your peers so locale down under was my first experience probably like yours and i was like oh wow okay i'm not here on my own i'm not doing this by myself there's actually people and there's science and there are people in our country doing this so then i went to the low carb roadshow and i'm like i could do that (laughs) and i was recording my podcast with people like you and and some of these other people i'm like do you want to come and talk at rich at at like a and if i organize an event do you want to come and talk and they're like yeah and then yeah keto loco and you know all of these people it's just a way of connecting the tribe because we're not individual animals we're not born to be by ourselves are we no no you're not we're not and uh i mean you were very kind to invite me down of course uh, and it was a really great conference i I learned a lot um but yeah it's it's a lot of stress i imagine i mean i was saying to you privately afterwards you know i couldn't imagine trying to pull something like that together um so props to you absolutely for trying to put that together i know these are these are very hard um where where do you think you know we're kind of going with the future then of of education around nutrition i think that's a good segue into that um are, is the message getting out that maybe there's better ways of eating or is there still work to be done i think there's a lot of work to be done uh and you you're at the cold face you're seeing people come in with type 2 diabetes i presume and that you're going okay well it's kind of simple uh i got kicked off a facebook forum the other day someone's like my husband <laughs> <laughs> well you know you're successful when you've been burned off, right, right? Yeah. <laughs> well she's like oh i'm trying to find a protein ball uh recipe for my husband who's got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes and i'm just going get him off sugar took the keyboard warrior and and i must have got a bit ferocious uh because yes all of a sudden next minute somebody's replied and going oh that's a bit full on i'm like no he can reverse it with food next minute can't see any of the so in answer to your question i I, when i started this five years ago i I started doing markets and uh because i was like okay well what do we use if we're not using sugar and we're not using flour we're not using milk <laughs> what do we what do we use mm. so i worked out where to find you know good quality almond flour and where to which sugar substitutes to use and um i ended up having a stall and i went to the markets and um i would sell my book and you know that turned into courses and stuff like that but when i started people were like looking at me from across the oval <laughs> and they're like Okay, they and they they were sort of you know walking a semicircle around my store. <laughs> now they can't. Now they come towards me. Oh yeah, yeah, they were. They were literally like, oh, don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact with the crazy lady. <laughs> now they literally come at me, and that has changed in the last couple of yeah, years. Okay. So yeah, it, it, and people, they when you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think anyone who's done keto or carnivore knows that it's sustainable and knows that okay, if I fall and I know it works, if I fall off and that that's the hard bit to get back on, but they know it works, Mm. and so they become this advocate. And I think that's the biggest thing that goes against us. We become so excited by the possibilities that it might scare people sometimes i think that is probably true and there's probably people out there uh that have seen me as patients probably thinking you know the same thing it's it's hard when when you're passionate um it's hard uh to to kind of turn it off and then say you know yes look here's your here's your prescription off you go 
you know you kind of like yeah here's your prescription off you go but have you thought about changing your diet you know in the you know they're like yeah not not really i'm not interested um yeah i don't push it on people but uh <laughs> you know it's hard when when you are passionate um you've mentioned almonds a couple of times now one of the things that probably some of my listeners some of my viewers are going are going oh my god the oxalates the oxalates the oxalates <laughs> Um, yep. Is that something that you worry about with with what you're eating, with keto, with these almond flours, or is it a case of, you know what, it's a small amount, who cares? I, I think it's a bit of both. When you start, presumably you've come from such a shit processed food diet anyway that almond flour is prob and the oxalates are probably the least of your worries. And so as you come off sugar, and as your food gets cleaner, I think then you can start to remove um, things like oxalates and almond flour and you can find substitutes. I can't tell you the last time I ate a cookie dough ball. I, I just don't eat them anymore. Mm. But I think they're useful. If you aren't an all or nothing kind of person and you don't wake up one day and go, right, I'm going carnivore, <laughs> I'm going to do it. Like I could never have done that. Over this journey of four or five years and, and of ultimately finding I feel better on a carnivore diet, I think that I, I can't really go back. So for me, I think the little steps and the little switches. So my course is called Pivot and it's just those tiny, tiny, tiny little shifts because I don't think everybody's born to do it in one fell swoop. Mm. Yeah, no, I think that I think that's 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 a good point. I was lucky, I think, probably because I'd come from a background of fasting, low carb keto. I mean, and repeatedly failing keto, but still a background of keto, <laughs> nonetheless. So it was. What do you think? You like what? What booted you off keto? Why did you fall, fall off? Um, for me, like I, I'm just I'm just a food addict uh sugar addict food addict um and i was always that loophole guy like combined just the dopamine effect of the sugar it was just it was too drawing to me yeah. um and my kind of my impression of keto was always like oh you have like a little bit of meat and then you just have like a shit ton of vegetables and then and then okay. maybe like some fat because it's keto you know but you're just really not eating carbs and yeah. whilst i felt really good doing keto on the whole it was always just kind of hard because it was like just yeah. mountains of vegetables and like just yeah like we'd get like a stir fry pack of veg or something frozen veg and just like a two kilo bag my wife and kids would have like a quarter of it and then i'd have three quarters of the bag like in one meal like just ridiculous amounts um so it was quite expensive because of that as well but i think mm -hmm. i was probably just doing keto wrong like in in retrospect mm -hmm. but that i think for me was why i why i struggled and probably why i kept wanting the sugar because i was actually just underfeeding myself yeah um, and i was just because we've still got that portion control thing going on too in, in the back of our heads yeah i think i just didn't didn't know what i was doing um and i'd read stuff and i'd read like diet doctor and other websites i listened to people talking and it was all about just oh you know just 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 reduce the carbs that's what it was oh it's just low carb you know it's just really low carb that's all it was i think keto's more than than just low carb that's probably mm -hmm. what i was what i was missing there um mm -hmm. how how do you think people should kind of get into into keto if they're interested in going into the low carb keto carnivore route what would you recommend people start to do to start that process find the switches for the things you love that i reckon that is the easiest thing so if you love a, a bit of a snack and you like your cheese and bickies you could absolutely do the cheese you could do cheese a good quality salami some people are going to be going oh not the salami <laughs> ah, you know but but again it's still better than that packet of doritos you know i, I you know i think i i think we can be really purist once we've been on this for a long time and, and we we sort of forget where we came from so i you know i'll say to people okay put the cheese at eye level where you can where you can see it find the things that you love the most and find the replacement so if you like rice you can make cauliflower rice but eat your meat first 
So if they're going carnivore, I mean, obviously you're going to be a lot more um, informative than me because your route's been very different to mine. But if, if they're coming off processed food, I don't think you can afford to sweat the small stuff. So, okay, what, do, what is it that I really love? I love cheesecakes. So I found a way around it. Mm-hmm. I, I think the most important thing is eat seasonal, eat fresh, eat your protein first. So if you're eating your protein and your healthy fats together, so, you know, a beautiful bit of real salmon or a beautiful ribeye fillet, um, those lamb chops with the little tails, you know, if you're eating three or four of them, where's you're not craving anything else. Mm -hmm. And you alluded to that when you were saying about the veggies, like three quarters of my plate is meat if I'm having vegetables. And then I've just, you know, I've got this little tiny serving of veggies. And I, I was trained um, keto coach by Eric Berg and he's like seven cups of veggies a day. I'm like, I can't actually eat that much. Like, and my body doesn't want it. Whereas if I eat five lamb chops, yes. you know, I, I'm my body's like, yep, we're good. Yeah. And my sleep's deep and I'm like, I just cope better. So my suggestion Pick a protein, add a healthy fat, and if you need it, add some veggies if you must go there. Um, and eat the veggies that are seasonal and, and in season right now, and you know them because they're the cheap mm. ones. Yeah. But eat the, I mean, uh, Dr. Nellum, she's on the north side of Brisbane, she's talking about the other day, you need the equivalent of, um, what was it, five chicken breasts for a 70-kilo woman Five chicken breasts a day. I mean, most of us don't get that much protein unless we're eating a, a weighted carnivore type diet. Yeah, most people just chronically under eat, under eat protein, uh, and then they do try. I mean, I actually saw this today. Um, uh, you know, if a parent brought brought their kids in, uh, just yeah, cold and flu type stuff. But you know, they kept saying, you know, why are they so sick all the time? you know and, and i said well you know they're probably iron deficient because everybody is uh they're probably zinc deficient because everybody is um what 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 is it they eat you know that's the, the my first thing is what what are they eating and she went through and she said, oh yeah you know it's, it's it's a pretty healthy diet i'm like no no what what are they actually eating <laughs> don't just say it's healthy what are they eating oh you know it's like um up and go for breakfast and then it's uh yeah one of them has like like f- like fruit loops uh and then they have like a banana maybe later and then they have like pancakes for lunch and then they have like maybe some pasta for dinner i'm like okay like where's where's the meat and she's like oh yeah like we, we put you know we put we put pasta we put meat with the pasta i'm like okay is it is it pasta and meat and then my listeners i'm saying you know big big pasta little meat or is it you know little little uh big meat little pasta and she's like yeah no it's like little meat big pasta you know i said oh yeah but i don't know why they get sick because you know they occasionally have a strawberry <laughs> and it's like that's that's the and i'm not i'm not making fun of this person at all like that but that's the level of nutritional knowledge that's out there like you can eat garbage as long as you eat a strawberry every once in a while and get some vitamin C, like you're, you're fine. Why, why would you possibly get sick? It's crazy. I'm laughing because the guidelines, the dietary guidelines are so freaking ridiculous. Yeah, but that's the kind of thing they that's say. Yeah. That's it. It's like, but isn't that the guidelines? Like, oh my God, like, yeah, actually it kind of is the guidelines. That's the thing. It's a sad, it's sad, really. Um, I'm conscious of time, Emma, because uh, I know you've got some time limits. It's, it's been great talking to you today. And hopefully my viewers and listeners have learned quite a lot from you. Where can people go to find you? And is there anything else that we haven't spoken about that you wanted to add before we end? All I'll say, guys, is turn the food pyramid upside down. <laughs> Eat your meat first and then you can put everything else aside. <laughs> uh, you can find me. I'm on Facebook. You can look up Emma Martin. If you look up the Lazy Keto Mum, you'll find me. Uh, my website is Keto Capers, both with ks.com.au. And, yeah, you can find me there. I think, um, you know, one of the things that, I think is really important is for us to teach our kids. So the, you know, the cooking classes I do in the local school where we had retreat, they've got the food pyramid posters up on the wall. That curriculum is still being taught to our children. We need to help them understand that food, not only like you're saying supports the immune system, but it, means that you can function better in every single facet 
of your life. You cope better. You have better relationships. You have food freedom. You cope better with stress. And if, if you don't do anything else, go clean in your food and, and, and seasonal. And that, that's really the, I just think the message that I would love people to take away from what we've spoken about today. Yeah, no, I think you are absolutely, absolutely on the money there. Thank you so much, Emma, for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. It's always nice to talk to you um, and uh, appreciate you giving us your time this evening. Oh, thank you. And thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you for being an enlightened doctor and leading from the front. Oh, look, I've said it many times before. I take my hat off to people that have come before me. I'm not doing anything special. Uh, it's the people that have come before me. I've said it multiple times. Gary Fecky, Tim Noakes, you know, these people, Sean Baker over in the States, you know, these are people that had their livelihoods threatened, taken away some of them, you know, for actually uh, speaking the truth and, and saying there's actually a better way. And we don't have to all all have this metabolic syndrome, be overweight, be unhealthy anymore. Uh, we actually can just eat decent food and, and actually be healthy. Don't need to take all those drugs all the time. So these are the yeah. people I'm just following in their footsteps. Well, that takes some brave. So go you. A little bit, a little bit, but uh, I'm just doing what I can. So but I appreciate you saying that. Um, well, thank you again, Anima, for coming on the show. I really do appreciate it. And uh, thank you for all the listeners and viewers that have watched this episode. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for this. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Meek Medic Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help to spread the word that how, how we can improve mental and physical health through diet and nutrition. If you are interested in improving your own... Okay, let's just re-record that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Meat Medic Podcast. If you found this episode useful, please leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help out the channel to grow. If you have found this useful and you want to improve your physical and mental health further, please do check out my website, themeatmedic.com, where you can find all my eBooks are currently 50% off with the code 50OFF. That's code 50OFF, 50OFF, O-double-F for 50% off all ebooks. Take care. Thank you. See you in the next episode.